and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body, and we all belong to each other. All right? We all belong to each other. If you've given your heart to Jesus, then you belong to the body of Christ. Amen? Okay? So not only do you belong to the greater body, the universal body of Christ, the whole body of Christ, but if you're a member of and are attending regularly this church, the river, then you belong to this local body, okay? So that means we are family, amen? Come on, look around at, look at, look at everybody around here in this room. You're connected to them. You're, that's your family right there. We're family. How do you feel about that? Okay, good. I hear some I love it's and I hear some oh boy. <laughs> Were you looking at me when you said that? Here's the thing about it. Here's the thing about the body. We are all different. Amen. Thank the Lord. We're all different. We're all unique. We're all different. We have all our own unique special function in the body. That is a beautiful thing. It needs to be that way. And the scriptures in, in Romans and many others in the in the word of God tell us that. But even though we're all unique and different and have our own special function in the body, there is one very important thing that we have in common. Can anybody name it today? Can anybody name it? Jesus, right? But more specifically, let me say it this way, the blood of Jesus. We have the blood of Jesus in common, amen? Even though we're different parts of the body, we're connected together, but we're different parts, and we have our own special functions, the Bible says, okay? We have this one thing in common. It's the blood of Jesus. So look at somebody today. Look at somebody next to you and say, we, we are blood. We're blood. We're blood, right? We're not just part of the same body. We're not just family. We're blood family. Did you know that? We're blood. So... What does that mean for us as the body? What does that mean for us individually? Well, let's look at it today. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to talk to you about the blood today. We are the body of Christ, and I want to talk to you about the blood. Deuteronomy 12, 23 says, But never consume the blood, for the blood is the life, and you must not consume the lifeblood with the meat. Okay? Now, why am I giving you the scripture? And this is talking about the sacrifices back in the Old Testament when they would sacrifice blood, uh, bulls and goats uh, and sheep, and they would, they would sacrifice those animals. And the Bible says this, the Lord gave this instruction. He said, never consume the blood, for the blood is the life. Okay, well, here's why I'm giving you this scripture and why that's so important. Because I want you to look at John chapter 6, verse 54, and look at what Jesus said. He said this, he said, but anyone who eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal, say it, life. Jesus said, but anyone who drinks my, uh, eats my flesh and drinks my blood. So in the Old Testament, under the Old Covenant, the Lord said, do not drink the blood. But Jesus came and said, you must drink the blood. Amen? Watch, why? Okay, so the word life, let me just show it to you. The word life is, uh, is translated in the Greek New Testament as zoe, zoe, okay? Z-O-E, Zoe. And it actually has a special meaning. It speaks of life that is given by God through Jesus Christ to those who believe the gospel. Okay, but this is what it means. It means your real life, your present, and your future life. 
That's what it means. That's the, the expanded meaning of it. Okay? In fact, it says it this way. It says, your active and vigorous life devoted to God and blessed. That's what zoe means. Your real life, your present and your future life. So, so Jesus is saying this. Go back to that scripture. He's saying, but anyone who eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, real life. And I will raise that person at the last day for my flesh is true food and my blood is true drink. Anyone who eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me and I in him. Okay? John 15, 1 through 7, Jesus said this. This is important. Watch. He said, I am the true grapevine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of mine that does not produce fruit. And he prunes the branches that do bear fruit so that they will produce even more. You have already been pruned and purified by the message I have given you. Now watch verse 4. Remain in me, and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine, and you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. Yes, I am the vine, and you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Anyone who does not remain in me is thrown away like a useless branch and withers. Such branches are gathered into a pile and, uh, to be burned. But if you remain in me and my words remain in you, you may ask anything, ask for anything you want and it will be granted. Now, I'm just going to stop real quick and I'm going to move on because I have a lot to share. And I'm, I've got two points and I haven't even gotten to them yet. But here's the thing. What Jesus is talking about here is he's talking about, you know, the vine and the branches. He's talking about grapevines, right? And he, he, that's what he's really talking about. And, and so it's... It's important to understand that because um, grape juice is called the blood of grapes. That's what it's referred to as, even in the Word of God, the blood of grapes. It's, it's grape juice is the blood of grapes. And, and, so, and, and obviously we know that when we receive communion, as we're about to do at the end of the service today, we, we drink grape juice, okay, usually, typically is what we, we use for that. And um, we know wine was used, or whether it was unfermented, fermented. I'm not going to here to talk about that or argue that today in the scriptures when they had the Last Supper, but they used wine and they used bread for the body, okay? And so the blood of grapes, okay, is, is part of this, but what he's talking about here is you have to remain in me and I in you. If, if you don't remain in me and I don't remain in you, you can do nothing. Apart from me, you can do, do nothing is what he said. So here's what's important about that. If you take a, a you know, something and bind a vine okay bind it really tight all right what happens is is that vine starts to grow and as it grows the binding stays the same and it starts to cut off the flow from the trunk okay from from the vine to the branches and that vine on the end of that after the binding will wither because it's been cut off okay it's still attached Anybody know what I'm talking about? Anybody done anything like this before? You've seen this in trees and, and bushes and, and all kinds of plants. It's still attached. It seems attached, right? But what happens is it's cut the flow off, and so that starts to wither and starts to die. And it may take some time, and you don't see it's actually dying. It looks like it's attached, but you don't see that it's actually dying. Why is it dying? Not because it's detached from the, the vine or the, branch, the root. It's dying because what's flowing through, okay, the lifeblood, the juice, what's flowing through is not getting to that part. And this happens in the body of Christ all the time. 
It, with, a, with a physical body, we know this, if you took something and bound it around your wrist very, very tight, it would begin to cut off the flow, the blood flow to the hand, right? And even though the hand is still attached and functioning, if you cut off the blood flow long enough, pretty soon it cannot function anymore. It's still attached. You, you know what happens, right? It starts to turn a color, not a good color, and eventually it will, it will die. If you cut the blood flow off long enough, it will die, right? And, and I want to get to this today because this is a really important part for the body of Christ because this is happening all over the world right now in the body of Christ. And, and, and people are, who look attached to the body are actually dying because there's no blood flow, okay? So um, physician Horace Smith describes how amazing human blood is because we're going to talk about blood for a few minutes. Um, he says each drop of human blood contains over 5 million red cells. Okay? Isn't that interesting? Each drop of human blood contains over 5 million red cells. In an average lifetime, a person's red cells arranged in a single file would reach from the earth to the sun and back five times. Are y'all listening to this? That's blowing my mind right there. Okay? Our bodies contain approximately 60,000 miles of blood vessels. Through this delivery system, the blood provides everything our cells need to live, and they take away waste that would poison us. At the cellular level, okay, capillaries are so small that they're about the size of a single red blood cell. Okay? To connect... With all the cells in the body, capillary walls cover an area of about 70,000 square feet. All right? So think about this. I mean, the circulatory system is the epitome of consistency, isn't it? If you think about it, every day your heart beats about 100,000 times every single day. Over a lifespan, that averages about 2.5 billion beats. Okay? It's pumping 60 million gallons of blood over our, an average lifetime. That's what happens with our hearts and the blood in our bodies. During this time, this is something that's amazing. Think about this. During this time, our hearts can never take a break. Right? How many of you want your heart to take a break? Anybody? Heart, take a break, see Jesus face to face right now. Right? That's what happens. Okay? So our hearts can never take a break, not even for a, a minute, a couple minutes, right? If, if your heart takes a break, then the blood stops flowing. If the blood stops flowing, then you start to have damage in the body, starting in the brain. Okay? And so we're thankful for that. And what happens is, as this blood flows and our hearts are beating like this, um, what happens is all the cells in the body are stationary but blood. Blood is the only, only mobile tissue in the entire body. Okay? It carries nutrients to every other part of the body, and it protects us from harm, and it heals our wounds. <laughs> are you all listening to this today? If you really line this up with the Word of God, isn't God amazing? 
Isn't he amazing how he designed our bodies? Well, I want to tell you something. He designed the body the same way. We need the blood of Jesus to flow. Amen? Okay? It cannot take a break. And it's no wonder that the Old Testament says that the life of every creature is in the blood, like we read in Leviticus 17, 14. So today, we understand the significance of this truth more deeply, okay? There are no cells in the human body that can live, listen to this, there are no cells in the human body that can live without continual contact with life-giving blood. No cells. That means there are no parts of the body that can live without continual contact with life-giving blood. There is not one person in all of creation who can experience true life without the constant contact of the life-giving blood of Jesus. Colossians 3.3 says this, For you died to this life, and your real life is hidden with Christ in God. Well, that word, those two words, real life, look at the scripture. Those two words, real life, up there, same word as we read in John 6.54, zoe. Same word, zoe. Okay? The life God created you to have, he created from the very beginning. And listen, this is important for the word zoe. From early times, that word zoe was adopted by the Hellenized Jews and translated as the word Eve. Okay? And this is what God is saying. He wants to restore his plan of intimate relationship with his people. He wants us to be able to stroll with him in the garden again. Amen? There was only one way for this to happen. One way. His name is Jesus. And he had to come and shed his perfect blood. Amen? So, if the blood in the body is truly a living entity, you know, if you examine it under a microscope, it's literally teeming with life and you see it, okay? Then the components of blood are just a... a, a, a a microcosm or microscopic representation of the body of Christ and of the blood of Christ. Every type of cell, from the ones that survive only a few moments or the ones that live for many years, owe its life to the flow of blood. Without the flow of blood, they would not survive. So, all three types of cells in the blood are important, and I'm going to talk about two of them today. There's red blood cells, white blood cells, and platelets, and then there's also plasma that performs a special function, and it's essential to life. But I'm going to talk about two of them. So let's talk about red blood cells for a moment. Red blood cells are known for their bright red color. Red cells are the most abundant cell in in blood. They account for 40 to 45% of blood's volume. Red blood cells contain a special protein called hemoglobin. Anybody in the medical field in here today? Anybody? Okay, nurses or doctors, yeah, okay. So you know this, you should know this. I hope you know this. <laughs> if you're working on me, you better know this. <laughs> um, they, they produce a special protein called hemoglobin, which helps carry oxygen from the lungs to the rest of the body, and then it returns carbon dioxide from the body to the lungs to be exhaled, okay? That's, 
That's a pretty important function. How many of you like to breathe? Anybody like to breathe in here today? It's pretty important. If you've ever had trouble breathing before, you all of a sudden like to breathe. You know what I mean? Find out it's pretty important. So this is amazing. This is an amazing reality, okay, that we know now from science and discovered within the last, you know, couple hundred years or whatever. But Moses knew this thousands of years ago, or God knew it, and he shared it with Moses thousands of years ago. Isn't that amazing? We read the scripture that the life is in the blood. Okay? So Genesis 2.7 says this, Then the Lord God formed man from the dust of the ground. Watch. He breathed the breath of life into the man's nostrils, and he became a living person. And we know this, that Leviticus 17.11 says the life of the flesh is in the blood. So what modern science has taught us, the word of God has been declaring all along. 2 Corinthians 3.6, watch this. It says, he has enabled us to be ministers of this new covenant. This is a covenant not of written laws, but of the spirit. The old written covenant ends in death, but under the new covenant, the spirit gives, say it, life. The spirit gives life. Holy Spirit is constantly breathing life into us and through us, individually and as a body. Holy Spirit's breathing life. Just as the, spot, the Father spoke life into us, the blood of Jesus empowers us to speak life to those around us. Amen? Look at John uh, 20. I've got a lot of scriptures, so I'm going to blow through this first part. But I'm going to get to a point where I want us to slow down for a minute. John 20, 21 says... And again, he said, this is Jesus, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. Watch verse 22. Then he breathed on them and said, receive Holy Spirit. I think this is so interesting that Jesus is, is talking to them. This is after the resurrection. He's with the disciples. And he's standing, all of a sudden, he's standing in the midst of them. They're astounded. They're amazed. And they're like, how can this be? And then Jesus says, peace be with you as the Father has sent me, so I'm sending you. So I'm about to send you. You've given your heart to Jesus. You're a follower of Jesus Christ. Come on, if you are, say amen. All right? And then Jesus is standing there, and he, then he breathes on them. He goes, like that. Now, what would you do if I came up to you and I just started breathing on you? Aaron, <sighs> offer me a peppermint. Okay, thank you. Um, but he breathed. And then he said, receive the Holy Spirit. This is not a coincidence. This is not Jesus just doing something. He, he knows exactly what he's doing. Everything he does is on purpose and for a purpose. So he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. Life, just like in the beginning. Oh, I think this is so beautiful because Jesus came to restore us back to the beginning. Amen? All right? We have been called, we have been called to speak life to every person in every situation that we come in contact with. But we have to receive the words of Abba, the words of Father God, as he breathes on us, the words of Jesus, the words of Holy Spirit that he breathes upon us, we have to receive them. We have to hear his voice and repeat what he's saying. Listen, if you're not receiving the words of the Lord, how can you give the word of the Lord? Amen? If that, if that blood flow is cut off and you're struggling because the blood flow is cut off, 
then, then you're not going to be able to give life. You're not going to be able to breathe life. You're struggling. You're, you're already, you're dying because you're not having the blood flow, so you can't give life because you're struggling yourself. It's, it's impossible. You're not going to be able to do it. And then you're going to get frustrated. You're going to get frustrated with, with everything. You're going to get frustrated with the church. You're going to get frustrated with people. And you're going to get frustrated with me. And you're going to get frustrated with all the leadership. And everything. everything's going to be wrong. And I'm just, I don't understand why I'm still struggling. I don't understand why I'm going through this. And, and nobody's helping me. And, and, you know, isn't it interesting how when, 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 listen, things start to happen when you cut the flow off, the blood flow off. Anybody know anybody? Come on. Anybody had a leg go to sleep? Why does the leg go to sleep? You cut the blood flow off. Right? You sat on it wrong, the blood flow was cut off, the leg goes to sleep. Yes? That's why. It's not any other reason. It's not because you're fat. It's none of that. All right? You just cut the I'm just being real. And so you you get up. Watch, watch. You sat there on that, in that position for too long, like this maybe. Anybody sit like this? I like, like to sit like this. Like sit down and then that other leg crossed over. And, but then if I sit that way too long on a chair or sit cross-legged, you ever do, man, I'm, I'm going to try that. Oh, this is terrible. You sit like this. Anybody, I am uh, 57. Yeah. I look good, don't I? And so, somewhere along the line, I don't remember when it was, it was somewhere after 40-something, I couldn't sit like this very long anymore on the floor, on the hard floor, Anybody, or on any floor. I couldn't sit like this very long. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And so, I can for a few minutes, but if I sit too long here, something happens, some blood flows, and maybe that is because I'm too fat, but some blood flows getting cut off. And so, but when I get up and I sit there too long and that goes to sleep because the blood flow has been cut off, it's like this. You, anybody know what I'm talking about? Man, if I had to go run and protect somebody real fast, my leg asleep is like. Um, because that leg doesn't want to function. Because something happens when you cut the blood flow off. And the same thing happens in the body, right? That part of the body is not getting that, that life that it needs. Those cells, and just for a couple minutes, if that blood flow is cut off, those, cell, those cells are going, whoa, hold on, help, something's wrong. I need that, okay? And so we need to understand that. Proverbs 10:11 says, the words of the godly are life-giving fountain. Proverbs 15:4 says, gentle words are a tree of life. This is the Lord telling us that this is what we have in us, but if we're not having the blood flow flowing properly through us and in us and out of us. Here's the thing about the body. Uh, Rick, stand up. Yeah, yeah, you, that Rick. Yeah, sorry, there's a lot of Ricks in here. I should be more specific. Rick Albert, stand up. Phil, stand up, would you, please, thank you. Uh, Dave, stand up, would you. Uh, let me get a couple ladies in here. Uh, Devin, go ahead and stand up. Christine, would you stand up? Yeah. And Robin, would you stand up over here? I'm just going to take this side. Yes, Robin. Yeah. Would you guys just come together right there in line? Yep. Do you guys mind joining hands? Just face this way over, face this other. Yes, joining hands. Okay. So, um, 
you know, this is the body, right? This is the body. So the blood of Jesus, okay, flowing through us, flows through us, right? Flows through us, okay? From one to the other to the other to the other through us and then back through the body. It's a circulatory system. It keeps flowing, right? So if one, let go of hands, Rick and Devin, okay, all of a sudden, if you're not, if the blood's not flowing through you, because are y'all following me on this? Then all of a sudden, you're, you're hindering the rest of the body. Okay? Join hands again. Phil and Dave let go hands. All right? Just all of a sudden, boom. You see what I'm saying? Um, Christine and Robin let go of hands. Okay? All right? You see what I'm saying? Like, you start to have these hindrances in the body where the blood's not flowing through like it should. Grab hands again all of you, but then when we're connected like we should be and we all are allowing the blood to flow through us like we should, there's this perfect circulatory system that's functioning and the body can move as the body of Christ should move. Amen? Thank you, guys. Thank you, guys. So we have to understand this part of it or we won't get this. Like, there's so many struggles happen in families, Is it just mine? <laughs> right? Come on, y'all. We know this in our, per, in, our, in our individual families. We understand this. Things happen. Struggles happen. You know? Trouble happens. Trials happen. Miscommunications happen. Hurt happens. Yes? Right? Hmm. But we're blood. We're blood. As the body of Christ, we're blood. We have one blood. It's not your blood. It's not my blood. It's the blood of Jesus. And thank the Lord for that. It's the perfect blood. And that perfect blood does the job every time. Every time. But we have to allow that blood to flow through us. And if we do, then that picture you just saw, these people standing here like that, okay, then if that blood's flowing through us, then life-giving words are given to us from the Father, and they're breathed out of us to each other. Are y'all listening to me? I know, because I'm the pastor of this church, I know there are a lot of people in here who need some life-giving words. I've talked with you, a lot of you. I've counseled many of you, and we need life-giving words that you don't know. You don't know unless you're connected, okay, really connected. You don't know how many are hurting in the world we live in today, going through difficulties and trials and just need somebody to hear from the Lord and come to them and, and give that life-giving word. But if the blood's not flowing through you properly, then you're not going to be able to, to do what your functions called to do, okay? All right, so, so here's the thing. I want you to hear this. You should write this down if you can. The words of your mouth tell the story of your heart. Did you hear me? The words of your mouth tell the story of your heart. Okay? John 12, 49, Jesus said, I don't speak on my own authority. The Father has sent, who has sent me commanded me what to say and how to say it. And I know his commands lead to eternal life. So I say whatever the Father tells me to say. If there was anyone in all of creation and all of history who never hindered 
the flow, it was Jesus. Amen? And he said, I don't speak on my own authority. I, let the, I, I only speak what the Father has commanded me to say. And I know, here's what I love about this, and I know his commands lead to eternal life. So I say whatever he tells me to say. If we would just live in this way, that we're allowing this life-giving blood to flow through us, then we would be breathing life on a daily basis upon our brothers and sisters in Christ. The second component of blood I want to talk to you about is the white blood cells. Um, White blood cells protect the body from infection. They're much fewer in number than red blood cells. They're only accounting for 1% or about 1% of your blood. Okay? So white blood, I mean, red blood cells count for 40 to 45% of your blood. White blood blood cells, 1%. All right? White blood cells, uh, what they do is, is they help provide the defense for the body by digesting microorganisms and cellular debris. So they also provide immunity to disease by producing antibodies. So where red blood cells, where they bring life, white blood cells protect that life by attacking invaders. Did you get that? Red blood cells bring life, white blood cells protect that life by attacking invaders. Now this is important, because 1 Peter 5.8 says, watch, stay alert, watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. Got that? Okay. The enemy, the devil, prowls around seeking someone to devour. This is the beauty of white blood cells. White blood cells devour. Okay. Oh, you're not getting this yet. Let me talk to this side over here. White blood cells devour. The blood of Jesus Okay, he created our blood. So the blood of Jesus, in the same way spiritually, all right, the blood of Jesus devours the enemy. Okay? Even, this is the enemy. Hi, I'm the enemy. All right? All right. This is the enemy. He's seeking someone to devour, but if the blood of Jesus is flowing, the blood of Jesus devours him. Because that's how his perfect blood functions. And if the blood of Jesus is flowing through us, he, Jesus, will devour the enemy through us. Ephesians 6, 12, and 13. And we know this because the the scriptures I'm about to give you. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so you'll be able to resist the, the enemy in the time of evil. Then... After the battle, you will be standing firm. Okay? All right? The blood of Jesus makes us healthy and strong so that we're able to resist the attacks of the enemy and dispose of him. All right? Smith Wigglesworth said it this way. I love this. Watch this quote. The blood of Jesus and his mighty name are an antidote to all the subtle seeds of unbelief that Satan would sow in our minds. So the blood of Jesus not only took away every sin, okay, and brought us back into right relationship with God, with God the Father, but the blood of Jesus has also empowered us to stand up against the attacks of the enemy. So it brings life and it protects that life. The blood brings life and protects it. 
But you and I have to have confidence in the blood of Jesus. Here's the thing about white blood cells. They don't just sit around waiting for an infection to get severe and then say, oh, we better get busy. That's not, aren't you thankful? That's not what white blood cells did. If white blood cells just sat around waiting for an infection to get severe and then tried to get busy, it would be too late. Has anybody in here ever had an infection that just got out of control? Yeah, and you needed to have help. Well, white blood cells, if they didn't do what they're supposed to do, that's what would happen. Okay? But white blood cells go out. They, they actively seek out garbage uh, that could cause potential harm, and they devour it. They're just out there like Pac-Man. Just devouring garbage in our bodies. Poison. Okay? Oh, y'all, please hear this today. Because as, as a pastor, it saddens my heart that that we've seen so many believers caught up in the enemy's lies and the poison of the enemy, the traps of the enemy, the wickedness of the enemy. He's out there, he's out there seeking someone to devour, and if the blood flow has been cut off, even hindered, you're not able to fight off the enemy like you should be able to. And I've seen it happen in so many lives, and I've seen it happen over and over again. 30 years I've been a a licensed minister, and, and, you know, over 10 years the pastor of this church, and I've seen it so much, where people are struggling, and and what happens is they become very critical, they become very um, negative, things start to happen, nothing's right with anything or anybody. You know what happens when that starts to take place in your life. You start to point the finger at everything, right? Here's the thing is it's been particularly difficult in the past few years. Um, I'm going to say it since COVID, um, it has been very difficult. COVID, that whole thing did not help us um, in the church. They say that, here's here's some statistics for you. They say that um, only 60% of attenders, church attenders in the United States, only 60% returned after COVID. Okay, now I know we're in 2024 now, but this is the the statistics. I checked them again and I found some other information that's really interesting. Only 60% returned since COVID to church. All right? 40% never returned to the church. Right? Of the of the 40%, I mean of the 60% that did return, they're saying now that they're not nearly as committed to the, to the body as they used to be. So only 60% returned, and that 60% is not nearly as committed as they used to be. And we live in a day and age, and I know this, I, I just spoke with a few pastors this past week. We live in a day and age where we have all this technology, which is good in some ways, but in other ways, it's, it's a hindrance. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Like right now, we're live streaming. Hey, everybody out there on live stream. Hey, 40% that didn't come back. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. They're not watching me anyway. They're not watching anyway. No, I'm, I'm sorry. I mean, I'm not trying to be flippant with it. I'm just trying. This is, this is heartbreaking and wrenching because as a pastor, I, I do this to fulfill the call that Christ put on my life. But I do this because to reach people, right? To lead people 
in the kingdom of God to lead people to love the Lord with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength, love their neighbor as themselves. And, and so it's hard to see this. And so we have this wonderful technology, and we got a great live stream. You guys have watched it. It's great. Looks good. The sound is good. Everything's good, right? I mean, it's really good. God has blessed us. But the problem with that is with this 60% that aren't as committed, it's easy for them to stay home. You know, they say since COVID, what's happened is, uh, I know I'm, I'm on this a little bit, but I'll, I'll move quickly if I can. Uh, with COVID, they say what's happened is uh, not only did it cause all this to happen, but it, it put a fear in people that wasn't there before. All right? And if the blood is flowing properly through the body of Christ, should there be any fear? Should there? No, why? Because God has not given us what? But of what? Say it again. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and sound mind. Right? Where does the enemy attack? Mind. Okay? And so the enemy has been attacking the church. I said this to several friends. I, you know, Pastor, I, said, I, thought, I think COVID was a test run for the enemy. I think COVID was a test run for the enemy to say, what, how, much can I sh- how much of the church can I shut down? Let me see. What does it take? And so, you know, so here we have a lot of people staying home watching, and, and so there's this fear, and if they get the slightest cold or anything like that, they're going to stay home. Now, I'm not saying come to church if you're just sick, 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 right? But when I was a kid growing up, man, anybody know what I'm talking about? When I was a kid growing up, man, I could be coughing and stuff. Mom's like, get in the car. We're going to church. Mom, are you here? Mom's here somewhere. There she is back there. Get in the car. We're going to church. You know? And I know I fake sickness quite often to try to stay home and watch Disney or something. But, um, but what's happened is, is there are a lot of people that are just easily missing. And so when you do, it's not the same. There's, there's, a, there's a disconnect. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Anybody watch live stream service? Tell me, be honest, tell me, you watch the live stream service. Do you respond at home and worship as you do here? No. Right? Very few do, right? Very few are up, raising their hands, and engaging in worship, okay, at home. Well, why is that important? Because it's part of the body. There's something that happens when we come together. I can't explain it all, but you know what I'm talking about, where the Spirit of the Lord is. The, the Lord wouldn't have said, do not forsake the assembly of the saints. Do not forsake coming together just to say it. There's a reason we come together. Something happens in this. You've got the elders and the, and the uh, prayer team of the church laying hands on you, anointing you with oil. The Bible says to, when you're sick to call the elders of the church to anoint you with oil and lay hands on you, and the prayer offered in faith will make you well. The Lord will raise you up. Okay? So how are you going to have that happen if you're sitting at home? And you're not engaging the same, and you're not listening the same. You know that. You're not even listening to the message the same. And here you're listening and, and everything because I'm looking at you, right? At home, I'm not looking at you. So you're getting up and going to the fridge or doing whatever. You've got your head down. You're on your phone. You're doing all those kind of things. You may do that a little bit in here. But listen, there's something about it. The body coming together, and there's a flow of blood 
that's taking place. And you know this, you've experienced it, you know you've left here many times going, oh, thank you, Lord. How many of you have left the church before and just said, thank you, Lord, I needed that today. Man, I needed that today. I needed that. And it wasn't because I had an amazing word or anybody else did. It wasn't about that. It was because you were part of the body. Many times we come to church and, and we connect with each other here. And, we, yeah, God does amazing things. But, but somebody came up to us, Paul, right, and breathed life on us and in us. Somebody came up to us, Bill, and just, you know, Lori, come on. Somebody came and gave you a hug and you just needed that hug in that moment. Yes? So what's happening is we're seeing alarming numbers of, of churchgoers separate or be alone or away from the, the church. And what happens when that starts to happen is you're starting to lose connection with the body. And the more you lose connection with the body, the, the, the less you feel that blood flow. Okay? Yes? And so you not only do you not have that hemoglobin from the red blood cells, you also don't have the white blood cells fighting off the infection and the invaders, the enemy, the enemy's coming, hitting you, hitting you, hitting you, looking for, to devour you, okay? And that blood flow is, is, is stymied, that blood flow is, is cut off in some ways, and so you can't fight against that, and all of a sudden you start to become negative and critical in your thinking and in your mind, all of a sudden you're, you're fighting with your spouse, your family, things just aren't good, you're struggling, you're critical of everything and everybody, your job, you're critical of the church, you're critical of the leadership, you're critical of everything. Somebody sent me this, I'm going to read it at the risk of stuff. <laughs> I'm going to read it. Somebody sent me this this week, I thought it was so good. And I'm just coming from a pastor's perspective, but here's what they, it's a little picture meme they sent me. It says, if your pastor can't correct you, they can't cover you. I'll read that again. If your pastor can't correct you, they can't cover you. No accountability is a liability. And if you're ready to leave every time you get rebuked, you're not looking for a covering, you're looking for a cover-up. That was a member of this church sent that to me. And I will tell you this, they've been attending this church long before I was the pastor. And, and as a pastor, that hits me pretty hard because I see that so often, you know. And it's frustrating. It's frust it really is. It's frustrating because I, just, I just want to help. I just want to help. Right? I, I'm not doing this for fame or fortune. How many of y'all believe that? Do you believe that? Anybody believe that? I'm not, I'm really, I mean, there may be some out there, and I know that there's been some things that have happened in the church over the years that made it hard for some leaders and pastors with a pure heart and, and, and true motives but I really just want to help. And, and I try to help, and sometimes it's so hard because people can't receive 
that help because the blood flow has been hindered in their life. And I see it and I know it and, and it doesn't matter what I say. It's hard because they're going to be critical. You know, and, and that's why I said I'm risking it by saying, by even reading that. Because there's some who might be going, oh, they're talking about me. I'm not talking about anybody. I'm talking about the word of the Lord and what's truth. And we need to, as the body, stop hindering the flow of Jesus' blood through the body. We need to recognize it and go, man, that's, that's the enemy trying to hinder the flow. Let's, let's release whatever's binding that part of the body. Amen? Because it hinders the whole body. It hinders the entire body. I'm going to skip down and, and, and come to a conclusion here, okay? Because uh, I, I, next week I want to talk about the other two components um, and, and sum this thing up. But the bottom line is, when we're talking about white blood cells, how did our thinking get to that point? Our thinking got to that point because the thoughts of the enemy are like poison. And he brings that poison constantly. And if it's left unchecked, okay, then it's going to, to just flourish in our minds, okay? I'll say it again. White blood cells don't just sit around and wait for infection to get severe. They get busy actively seeking garbage that could cause potential harm, and they devour it. Mark 16, watch this. Mark, Mark, Mark chapter 16, verses 15 through 18. Watch this. I'm going to put it up on the screen, and I actually had them put what I put in parentheses there, okay? Okay, and then he told them, this is Jesus speaking, so I put red there because I'm going to show you three components of blood in this scripture, all right? The, the first two I talked about and then platelets. Watch this. Then he told them, red, go into all the world and preach the good news to everyone, okay? And anyone who believes and is baptized will be saved, all right? But anyone who refuses to believe will be condemned. Stop right there. Okay, so that's the red blood cells, right? Bring life. Red blood cells bring life to the body. Oxygen, life, okay? So when you got saved, how many of you knew, man, you had a new life? Like, right? The breath of God, right? So that's the red blood cells. Now go to the next scripture. White, okay? These miraculous signs will accompany those who believe. They will cast out demons in my name. And they will speak in new languages, and they will be able to handle snakes with safety. And if they drink anything poisonous, say it, it won't hurt them. So this is the white blood cell component, right? We see the red blood cells bring life. The white blood cells cast out demons, devour anything that's poisonous or trying to hurt or harm. Okay, now watch the next part. Okay, uh, platelets. They will be able to place their hands on the sick, and they will be healed. Now... How many of you know what platelets do? Yes? Platelets aid in healing, don't they? Now, I'm going to get to that next week. I'm going to really get into platelets, into that part of it. But platelets aid in healing. Here's a scripture in Mark chapter 16 that shows us three components of blood right there. Red blood cells, white blood cells, and platelets. God did this. Is your mind not blown right now? I mean, come on. God did this. He's amazing. And here's the beauty of this. Jesus knew exactly what he was doing, because remember, he only does what the Father tells him. He only says what the Father tells him to say. So he knew exactly what he was doing at the Last Supper. So take your communion cup. We are the body of Christ.
We are the body of Christ. Open that top lid and take the wafer out of your